All right, so here's the deal. I don't know if, if you've been here. How many people have been here for the last four weeks? Raise your hand. So you guys are probably thinking, if maybe not, but you may be thinking, okay, wait a minute. Um, we have chairs again, and we're not going downstairs if we're in junior high, and what's up with the video? Um, I thought this series was over. I thought it was a four-week deal. Junior high, high school, we're going to break up, and then we're going to come back, and blah, 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 and we're going to do this new thing, and I thought that was the plan, and, and honestly, that was the plan, and and. I didn't think we were going to be in this again anyways. But here's what happened. Um, we had this, this plan laid out, right? This, this elaborate plan for this week and next week. And then we have ETV and then exposure. It's crazy. And then some more other things. And the next thing you know, we're going to camp. And it's going to be crazy. And you guys are going to be out of school. It's going to be good. And uh, anyway, so we had this plan. And then um, sometimes, man, God just does some things. So here's what happened. And I'm going to kind of call a friend out, but not really call him out by name. But um, I, I started, remember my New Year's resolution was to get buff? You guys remember that? It is not working, I know, right? I'm working on it. I still have like s- nine more months. Eight. Oh, it's April. Dang it. Anyways, I'm getting there. I'm going to be the bodybuilder guy. I, I am doing the in and out thing. I'm doing really good on that one. Um, anyway, so so I'm going to the gym with my buddy. And, uh, and 5.30, I know it's really early, but that's the only time on Tuesdays and Fridays that we can do it. And so Tuesdays and Fridays, we go to the gym at 5.30. And so I'm at the gym, and he doesn't, he just never shows. I'm just, it's one of those, like, I'm, like, half sleeping. And I'm just kind of looking at the door the whole time, like, okay, buddy, are you going to come to this thing? Because I'm going to leave if not. So I'm just keep working out. And if you guys, gyms, I don't really like gyms. To me, gyms are, like, the place where, like, people go to, like, show off how cool they are. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the dudes who, like, wear the really tight shirts, and they're, like, you can use that bench. No, dude, it's all yours. I'm going to go over here and, like, run in place or something. Um, I, I really, I don't like the gym. That's why I love working out with somebody because then I don't feel so weird because um, I can actually just talk to another human that's not trying to be something they're not. So, um, but this wasn't the case. So I put my headphones in my ears, and I'm just trying to mind my own business. And, and I'm like, please nobody look at me. I'm doing, like, 10 pounds right now, and don't look at me. But I'm at the gym, and I'm just kind of in my zone, right? I'm just kind of doing my own thing. And I started just thinking about refuge and where we've gone these last four weeks and where we're headed and exposure and camp. And it's just one of those moments, I don't know if you guys ever do this, it sometimes can catch you off guard where you're like, dude, there's so much going on. And so I'm like, dude, where, where are we at here? How to Wreck Your Life just finished two days ago, right? We just finished this. We talked about laziness. Where are we going? Okay, yeah, I got this plan, but I don't know if I like the plan. And so I'm just storm going on in my brain. And I just kind of land on this thing, and I really believe it was God to say, hey, we're not done with this How to Wreck Your Life series yet. So I'm like, okay, we don't have a plan. We had a plan, but no, we have no plan. So Tuesday I came in, and I talked to some of the guys, and, and so we're still going to sit in How to Wreck Your Life for two more weeks. I know, it's like we took from four to six weeks. Um, so we're going to be in How to Wreck Your Life for two weeks. You're still going to get to see those videos, and, and that's why I'm glad because the drama got, we weren't going to do drama, and then we ended up doing the drama, so it all worked out. But Tonight, we are talking for the next two weeks about a different kind of wreck. For the last four weeks, we've talked about these seemingly, like the video said, seemingly insignificant things that we don't really think are that big a deal, right? We talk about lust and laziness and lying and insecurity, all the things that the drama kind of played out for us. These things that we think are small, but we said over the last four weeks, man, these things could actually wreck your life. But for the next two weeks, we never really had a foundation of a good wreck, and, and maybe you don't, you're thinking, what do you mean a good wreck? What's a good wreck? 
And so tonight, we, for tonight and next week, we're going to be talking about this wreck that can happen and has happened in some of our lives that is actually good for us. Like, it's actually the best thing that could ever happen to us. This wreck that, that can come into our lives. And, and it's not the bad wreck that we've been talking about the last four weeks that can damage and hurt. But it's this wreck. We didn't see it coming, but it just happened. And so uh, to start it off, I want to ask, how many people, we didn't ask this, I don't think. Maybe the junior high did. How many people have actually been in a car wreck before? Raise your hand. Yeah, right? You have, Danielle. Okay, how many people, or another type of wreck. Maybe like a dirt bike crash or like a quad or maybe you just tripped. You're just walking, and you just tripped. Or you did the thing where, like, your friend walks up to you and says, hey, man, and, like, goes to push you, but puts his, like, back foot, and, like, you fall over his back foot. I don't know. Any sort of wreck, are we all good in the room? We've all done that. Or maybe your house or your car have been broken into, right? Yeah? Or you, like, just broke a mirror for fun. Has anyone done that? Yeah, it's fun. So I want to tell you a story tonight about my, my very significant wreck, Okay? Um, so let me try to paint the picture for you. I'm 17, and you know, 17-year-old Scott was really cool. We've, we've already established that. So anyways, I'm driving, uh, my friends call it a grandpa truck, but I just called it like the cool mobile, okay? But it was, a Ford, it was a Ford Ranger. Any Ford Ranger owners in the house? Anybody? Dax has one. Did you own one too, Micah? Sweet. Yeah, there, <laughs> I like that. Why did I think of that? I'm so not creative. Power Ranger, I like that. Anyways, all my friends said, because it was gray. I don't know if grandpas drive gray cars, but it was like gray, silver, whatever. It, was, it wasn't very, but I had all those aspirations. I'm going to lift it. I'm going to put big wheels on it. It just stayed a grandpa truck the whole time. Um, I did get a cool stereo system. That was kind of cool, um, but it still looked grandpa on the outside. Anyways, so I'm driving my grandpa truck. I'm 17 years old. I'm leaving lunch with my buddy Frank, and so I'm driving down. Picture this. You guys know where the Galleria Mall is. I'm driving down Stephanie, headed towards the Galleria Mall, and I'm, I'm, I'm cool Scott, 17 years old. It's just as cool as it gets, right? My black hair is like flowing in the wind, and I'm like playing with my lip ring or whatever, and, uh, and I got my hand out the window, and I'm like playing dr- and even to this day, if you like pull up to me at a stoplight, it's just look over and just laugh, because I'm like, I'm playing drums, like, <laughs> and then I've done that where I look over, I'm just like, hello, yeah, I was talking on the phone, we're in an argument here. <laughs> So I, that's what I'm doing. I'm just, I'm just like doing the whole, I, I probably should have been 10 and 2, but I'm, I'm kind of this action. I'm playing drums, and it's just a beautiful day. I'm on my way to my, my other church. I'm leading worship on a Wednesday night service. I'm stoked on the songs, and everything in life is perfect. Full belly. I'm going to lead worship. I'm excited. I'm driving down Stephanie. Yeah, Scott, doing his thing. And I cross over Sunset. Right across from that Target. You guys all good on where we're at? There's a gallery mall. There's like a... Baja Fresh, maybe, I don't know, but out, I'm just driving, and all of a sudden, there's a car in the middle of the lane that I'm in, and it's trying to go this way, but it's stopped in the middle of the lane, and it's pulling out of the Galleria Mall, and it's like one of those things where you're like, oh, 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 and you stop and slam on the brakes, and I just go sliding, and my little grandpa truck's fishtailing, and I just hear lots of noises, and I'm just like, and boom, I don't even know what happened. All I know, didn't have airbags. Airbags are for wimps. I don't know. I'm like, I don't need airbags. Actually, just didn't come with it, so I didn't have a choice. But there's no airbags, so I didn't get, like, popped in the face or anything. I've heard that's actually gnarly. 
when an airbag hits you in the face. So I'm glad I didn't know airbag. But all, I, mean, I just stopped, and all of a sudden, I was going 45 down the road, and now I'm stopped. And some, some, some glass is broken, and, like, my hood that's supposed to be flat is now like this, crumbled up. And I'm like, hey, where's my hood? And my steering wheel's all jacked, and there's some smoke coming from places. And I'm like, what? i just been in my first wreck. I've never been in a wreck before. I didn't know how it was supposed to go, and that's how it goes. You're just driving, and all of a sudden, you're stopped driving, and there's stuff coming out of your car. And so I get out of the car. I'm just like one of those shock moments. I was fine. My head was like pounding because it was kind of like, so I get out of the car, and I'm like, this is it. Like, taking the moment. This is your first wreck. And this is where it's like, oh, man. Just, just, a, just a, a, um, like a disclaimer, I love, I love old people, and I love Asian people, but I really don't want to get in a car wreck with an old Asian person, just for future reference, so I get out of the car, and there's this lady, and she's like four foot nothing, (laughs) it's a true story, I swear, and she is just doing one of these, looking at my truck jacked, looking at her car jacked. And I'm just like, okay, this is it. This is like, I'm supposed to interact with this lady. We're supposed to like switch insurances. And okay, here we go. And I'm like, ma'am, are you okay? And she's just going, oh, <laughs> back and forth. My truck, her car, my truck, her car. And I'm just like, okay, let's try that again. Mm. Deep voice, Scott. Ma'am, are you okay? Oh, <laughs> ma'am. Are you, so I'm thinking, okay, this is, this is, she's like, I, I like, in the crash made her crazy. Like, we need to take her, and then uh, the witnesses, thank God for the witnesses, right? This lady pulls over, and she's normal, and she, and, and, and she comes over, and, and I meant normal, like, young, and like, you know, and so she comes over, and she's like, hey, I saw the whole thing. You know, they're like so happy to be the witness. I saw the whole thing, and I'm going to give a great witness report. Awesome, you get the job because I need somebody to testify to what just happened. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ma'am, are you okay? Oh, I swear. I was like, this lady's crazy. And so finally I said, ma'am, are are you okay? I kind of like did one of the, I didn't like grab her because then that would be weird. Like she'd be like, oh, now you hit my car and then you tried to harass me. And so I said, ma'am, are you okay? And she was like, you hit my car. And then I'm like, no, I've heard about this, where you get in a wreck, and then it's like the blame game. And so I'm like, okay, this, this, you were a nice Asian lady like two seconds ago, but now it's on. I said, correction, you pulled out in front of me, and then yes, I hit your car, but I was 100% in the right. Are we clear on that? And she's just like, you hit my car. And I was like, witness, and then the witness looks at me and says, hey, you're good, and then awesome cops were walking out of the Applebee's right there saw the whole thing and I'm like I'm golden still I have to pay like four grand to this lady because they said I was going too fast blah 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 who cares that's the rest of the story like three years later I'm still like worrying about this crash but here's the thing this was I that's my only really big crash it wasn't really that big but I've had like fender benders and stuff but that was the only kind of real here's it my first crash my first wreck so I don't know what that is for you. I don't know if you've been in a car wreck driving. I know some of you have. Some of you high schoolers been in a wreck where you were driving, and you, you know the story. You can tell every detail like I just did. And then there's some of you who've been in a wreck with your parents, right? You've been the passenger, 
Or maybe you were like a baby and you didn't even know, but you're like, yeah, I had a gnarly wreck. My parents told me about it. Or maybe you're a dirt biker and you wreck dirt biking or go-karts or skateboarding or scootering or biking or your house got vandalized. Um, I don't have time, but I'll tell you that story too. That's crazy. Like the Home Alone kid literally came to my house one time and like did everything he did to the Home Alone people, like the faucets and it's like flooded. It was crazy. Um, so that's a different story, different time. Um, whatever that is for you, and I think we all have that moment, right, where you can look back 5, 10 years, 15 years, you'll be able to tell the story. And so tonight, as we kind of finish up the series, I want to, and I'm going to get back to the story in a minute, but tonight we've, over the last four weeks, talked about some pretty heavy stuff. And I think that at least for a lot of you in the room, one of the four weeks, or all of the four weeks, or two or three, at the end of it, man, you had kind of been rocked a little bit. Whether it was the lust talk or the laziness talk or insecurity or lying, there was something said and pulled from God's word where you were like, dude, I didn't realize how big a deal that thing has the potential to be. Somebody in the room has felt that. Maybe, maybe the majority of the room, maybe half the room, but some of you thought, man, I didn't realize how heavy some of that stuff was in my life. So tonight, just so we're all on the same page, the next two weeks are the light at the end of the tunnel. Not that we didn't encourage you in the last four weeks, but the next two weeks are the ultimate repair. The ultimate, okay, that could be bad and that could wreck your life. But what we're talking about over the next two, year, two weeks is the ultimate wreck that has the potential and will repair. And so I think a lot of you guys are tracking with me tonight, but the wreck that we're talking about is when Jesus Christ comes into your life and changes everything. When Jesus Christ comes in and you're, right, like we, we talked about this before refuge, that we're on this path. And for me, when I was 16 years old, I'm on that path. And if some of you who are 16 or younger, like I was, I was lost. I did not have a relationship with God when I was your age. Right, And so when I'm six, like right around 17, I'm on this path of shame and sorrow and hurt, and I'm just stumbling through life trying to figure it out, and I'm doing the high school thing, and I'm trying to fit in, and I'm trying to understand life, and I'm dealing with lust and laziness and insecurity and lying and a million other things that we all deal with, and I'm just kind of figuring it out, walking through life. And for me, when I was 17, Jesus came in and wrecked my life. He came in and interrupted my path. I'm walking down this thing, trying to figure it out, and he comes in and stops it. And he put me on a new path. He put me on a path where I could have somebody to turn to. I had that, 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 that solid foundation, that rock. That's the wreck we're talking about tonight. I don't know in the room whether you remember that time. Whatever moment or season in your life where you were, you were doing your own thing. And Jesus Christ came in and interrupted your life and put you on a new path and said, this is my purpose for you. This was why I created you. Some of you are not. Maybe you've never done that. And so the hope tonight, I'll just kind of let you know my, my heart right now. The hope tonight is in the next two weeks, if you never had that moment and you're still on this road trying to figure life out and you're dealing with the stuff we tackled the last four weeks, my hope 
is that in the next two weeks, you would see that the best thing that could ever happen to you is Jesus coming in and wrecking your life. Wrecking your current life, like the one you think is what you need. He wrecks it, and he puts you on a new path and says, this is what I've created you for. This was why you exist. So you have your Bible tonight. I want to open it up to Acts chapter 9. And here's the deal. We always say it. Um, so we want you to bring your Bible. Bring your Bible, bring your Bible, bring your Bible, okay? That should be our chant. That was good. Can we do that real quick? I know it's goofy. Can we just do that real quick? So it was, bring your Bible, bring your Bible, bring your Bible. Hey, 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 hey. That's better. <laughs> Somebody get this on recording. We're all going to do that. We're going to clap, okay? On three. I know this is totally like dorky, but it's cool. Here we go. Ready? Y'all on the same page? Ready? One, two, three. Bring your Bible. Bring your. <laughs> Woo! Now, if you don't have your Bible, you know to bring your Bible. Next week. Because here's the deal, we're going to look at Acts chapter 9, we're going to look at some verses tonight, and next week, like, it's going to kind of pause in the middle. So, like, it'd be like seeing half a movie, hitting pause, going to school for a week, coming back, and hitting play. So it'd be really lame if you didn't come back next week, because then you don't know the rest of the story. Well, you could read it, but that's not as fun. Come, come hang out with us. So we're going to start a story tonight, and we're going to finish it next week. And if you were in the high schoolers, where's my high schoolers in the house? Woo! Now, to be fair, where are the junior hires in the house? Whoa, yeah, we're better, ninth through 12th grade. Um, I'm, I'm joking. I, I'm not in 12th grade. I'm in, like, 18th grade. Wow, I feel so old. Um, anyways, check it out. Uh, we're in Acts chapter 9. If you were in the high school last week, Micah referenced it. Um, and, and great, he, you know, he was talking about laziness and, and how he kind of referenced this story. We're going to kind of tear it open tonight. It wasn't his main point. I'm not just like Micah stealing. Um, but basically, we're going to read a story tonight where a dude is exactly what we just painted, this picture where he is on a path and his whole life gets wrecked and God puts him on a new path. And a lot of you guys know where I'm going with this. You know the story. We're going to read it. Um, it's about who, who became the Apostle Paul. But in this story, take the P and swap it out with an S because it's Saul in this story. So it's going to be on the screen if you don't have your Bible. But bring your Bible, bring your Bible, bring your Bible. Hey, 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 hey. Next week, okay? Acts chapter 9, we're going to read verse 1 through 9. Here's what it says. Meanwhile, while Saul was uttering threats, oh, Saul, not while. He's not while. He's just meanwhile. Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. Here's the story. The dude is this guy named Saul. He becomes Paul, but he's this guy, Saul. He's a huge religious leader. We all, a lot of people have heard this story. This dude's like the cream of the crop in religious circles. He is Saul, okay? And then we all know that Jesus Christ came to the earth and started a new kingdom. He said, hey, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. It's all about me. And so a bunch of people started following him. And then they, a bunch of people hated him. A bunch of people were following him, but a bunch of people hated him. And they killed him. And then three days later, he rose again. And we're going to celebrate Easter in a couple weeks. And it's a great story. And we're going to talk about it more later. But Paul is over here. And he's like, wait a minute. We've been doing the same thing for hundreds of years. I don't like this new thing called the way. And so I don't care who you are, woman, child, man, 
I'm going to try to do away with you completely. And so he goes to the officials. Hey, give me everybody's name. I'm going to Damascus. I, I want this thing done. Like, we, we want to go back to being our Jewish selves and doing our things the way we've done it. And I don't like this new thing called the way. So give me every name. I'm going to take care of business. My name's Saul, and I'm cool like that. So he heads on his way to, to Damascus. Verse 3. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So we got this picture. Saul is on his path, man. He's got his dreams, his goals. I'm taking every Christian hostage or I'm killing them. I don't care, but all I care about is killing or getting rid of this way thing. Verse 3 says, as he was doing that, a light came from heaven, and a voice said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul asked, oh, wait, where am I at? Verse 5, who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Let me just rewind. That's weird, okay? Who are you, Lord? I don't have all your phone numbers. That'd be like one of you people who I don't have your phone number calling me and be like, hey, Scott, man, what's up? Who are you, Taylor? What? Who are you, Taylor? Get it? No? Wow, that bombed. Next. Uh, who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. So here, his whole mind, just, his whole life just got rocked. His whole life just got wrecked. He said, who are you, Lord? Jesus said, it's me. It's the God of the universe. He starts in verse 6. He takes him, puts him on a new path in verse 6. He says this, now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground. When he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. So Saul's life was totally wrecked. He gets up. He doesn't really know what happened. He said something about Lord, and then a guy said, I'm Jesus. You're persecuting me, and now I'm blind. I can't see. And Saul just goes, okay, I don't know what just happened. And so his friends start leading him off to Damascus, where he originally went to go kill and, and destroy and take people hostage. Now he's going with a completely different heart. Jesus wrecked his life. He came in and interrupted it right where it was, right where he was headed, and he interrupted it and said, that's not why I created you. You're doing something contrary to what I've made you for. So I don't know what that, I just kind of gave you mine when I was 17. I don't know what that is. If you're a Jesus follower in the room, I don't know what that moment is for you. Where you realize that you were doing your thing and Jesus Christ came in and interrupted your life. I don't know what time that was for you, if that was at a summer camp or in your bedroom or maybe here at Refuge or with your leader and you guys just did the thing where you, you prayed and you said, God, I want you to take my life. I don't know where that is for you. But if you're a Jesus follower, we were headed a certain way. And Jesus came in and wrecked our life and interrupted it and said, this is why I've made you. I think everyone in the room would, who claims to be a Christian would say, man, amen. Amen, brother. Absolutely, man. Yeah, 
look at Saul, he's on his way, and God knocks him off his horse or his donkey or his camel, whatever he's riding, and amen, yeah, he changed his heart, and Saul went on to write like half the New Testament, and he's like this huge pastor guy, that's so good, amen. But tonight I want to focus so much on Paul, and I want to ask you that question. Yeah, Paul went off to go write half the New Testament. Paul went off and said, man, I'm sticking to this thing, and Jesus is going to live through me, and this whole thing is going to flesh out because, God, I realize now what you've created me for. So where does that land with you? If that happened, if Jesus came in and interrupted your life and put you on a new path, are you living it? Because here's the thing, we can sit back all day and say, amen, woo, yeah, Jesus, yeah, you do that, you're awesome, and you'll knock it, you know, you help me out, and you put me on the right path, amen. But today, April 3rd, 2011, no matter if that was a week ago when that happened, or three weeks ago, or three years ago, or 13 years ago, are you living it? Or have we slowly tried to get back to that other path, that other thing that Jesus just rescued us from? Back to that thing that he didn't create us for. Because here's the thing, when Jesus comes in our life, we have this mindset as, as Christians, and, and I've done it too, where we think, we think Jesus comes over and he's like, can I, can I come in? Hi, Scott, Scott Worthington. Can I come in to, to, to like, live through you and, 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 you know, we can be friends and can I, can I come in? And we can think that, but as we read the Bible, that's just not what happens. There's a moment where we're headed down a road and Jesus yanks us from that and says, no, I didn't create you for that. Just like Paul, he knocks him off his horse, that's not what you were made for. And he interrupts our life. He doesn't come in and say, hey, can we be friends? And whenever you want to do your own thing, that's cool, but I'm going to be here. Man, when the Holy Spirit of God comes to live inside of you, his desire is he would live through you and your life would be more full than it could ever be any other way. And sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we want to go back to doing our own thing as if the God of the universe isn't really that big. For some of you tonight, maybe tonight, is that moment where the, the you know, the, the sun shines through the, the loft here and you hear that voice saying, man, I am on this deal and this, this whole thing is God wrecking my life right now. This whole thing is God interrupting my life. I didn't realize I wasn't created to do the things I'm doing, that I was created to be in, in intimacy with the God of heaven. And for some of us, that's a reminder Reading the story of Paul isn't one of those, yeah, man, I've read that. That's Acts chapter 9. That's when Paul the Apostle becomes super Paul, and that's cool. And, um, yeah, I've heard that story a million times. No, it's a reminder. Dude, when God wrecks your life, it's permanent. It is not something we can jump back and forth from. We should look at Paul the Apostle's life, and, dude, this dude was so on fire against Christians. And when Jesus wrecked his life, he changed his heart 100% without going back. And he let the Spirit of God live through him. That wreck that I had that day on Sunset and Stephanie, 
is my first wreck. I've had other fender menders. That doesn't matter if I get in a wreck. I hope I don't. But if I get in a wreck on the way home tonight, yeah, that'll be another wreck. But that first wreck changed me forever. Every single time to my wife's annoyance. Every time I'm driving down Stephanie and I pass through Sunset and the mall's on my right and the target's on my left. Every time I'm like, yep, there it is, old Asian lady. And she's just like, wow, I've heard that a million times. But every time I drive past that, I think that's where it happened. That's where I stopped and I was like having that conversation. And I always remember that wreck. And not only that, I'll always be more mindful now of people coming. And sometimes you'll see me driving, and I'll like kind of slam on my brakes because I see somebody almost cut across. Because now I've just kind of been changed. My whole mindset from that moment when I was 16 or 17, whatever, my whole thought and my whole heart has changed on this wreck because I've experienced it. And when surrender is real, when we've given our heart and our life to the God who made us, It's a real surrender. It's a real white flag. God, I can't do it anymore. Thank you for interrupting my life. Thank you for putting me on a new path and and, and living through me and, and walking with me and loving me. Thank you. I'm not going back. And I don't want to because I understand that this is what you created me for. I'm going to ask the band to come up. Would you guys just bow your heads tonight? And I want you to bow your heads. I want you to close your eyes. I'm going to kind of walk you through a story. And it's make-believe. It's not real. But picture this. Wherever your couch is, you're sitting on it. And your mom says, hey. Your mom and dad says, hey, go get the mail. And so you go, okay, I'm going to go get the mail. So you go get the mail, and you get the key or whatever your mailbox looks like. You get in the mail, and you pull out all the mail, and there's all the ads, and there's the newspaper or whatever comes in the mail, and there's all those flyers, and then there's this really, really awesome envelope. And you're like, well, this is kind of fancy looking. And you open the envelope, and it says, to your name. Okay. And you start reading it, and you're like, okay, I have been invited to, cordially invited to the party of a lifetime. Like, okay, whoa, I don't ever get invited anywhere. I'm, I'm going. By the honorary host, I don't know who it is for you, the coolest person on the planet for you. I don't know if that's Katy Perry or that's like Kobe Bryant or Rebecca Black. I, I have no idea. Some of you like her. I know it's true. And she's just invited you to a party. And then it says where you'll be seated around the table at this party. And it's going to be like the whole nine yards. And around your table you look and you're like, okay, wow, I'm right next to Barack Obama. I'm right next to to B.O.B. I don't even know. I'm right next to my favorite band, my favorite athlete. My whole table is full of the most amazing people I could ever spend a dinner with. Call this number and RSVP. So you put the invitation down. You're like, man, that's awesome. Like, I would love to hang out with Rebecca Black. 
I would love to hang out with Barack Obama, and I would love to hang out with my favorite band and my favorite group and my favorite athlete. But I, I got a really important dentist appointment next week. Or I have a really important game of words with friends. Or I have a really important Facebook, met, like, online chat thing I'd be to, or Farmville, or Mafia Wars, or whatever's cool right now. That'd be really fun, but I'm kind of busy. I'm busy during this party, so I think I'm going to not call an RSVP. I'd like to go to this party, but I can't because of fill in the blank. You would never do that. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You get to hang out with the president. You get to, you, get to, you know, play poker or charades or dance central with Rebecca Black. Who wouldn't want to do that? But I'm good. I don't really want to. Some of us tonight, that's us. That the God of heaven is saying, I'm inviting you into something that you have never imagined. A life of meaning and purpose and fulfillment and me living through you and, and, and everything that we want in, 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 in the innermost being of who we are. Everything that we're made for and we long for and we pass it up. We say, man, I'm good. So as we sing this song, Wherever that lands on you tonight, would you just kind of spend a minute just thinking about it? And maybe tonight for you, you know that you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You are invited to the most amazing party that has ever or will ever exist. Don't turn it down. There's going to be some leaders in the back. If you just need to talk to somebody. My man, I just, I just, I don't, I'm trying to figure this thing out, and I don't really, I, I want some more information about this relationship with God thing. I've never even heard of that. I don't even, that sounds weird to me. Whatever you might be at tonight, I want you to come talk to us. And we're going to sing a song that we sang at, at the end there. But there is none so high and holy. For the rest of us, the people who would say, man, God has wrecked my life at some point, would this just be a song that we can just go for it? That that is true, I'm in the party, and I'm so crazy for even wanting to step out of the party. God, you are awesome. There is none like you, and I just want to sit in your presence for a minute and just kind of sing and just adore you. So Jesus, tonight, God, we're thankful that you have invited us to join you. God, in, in walking through life the way you intended it to be. God, we're thankful for that tonight. We pray for that tonight. We pray that, God, we would just surrender to you. God, we accept the invitation. God, I pray for the student in here right now. God, who wants to accept the invitation but doesn't really know how. And I pray you get them out of their seat. No one's going to laugh. No one's going to think they're weird. But you would just have them go back to one of us and just talk. We want to get them some information. We, wanna, we just want to talk with them. If they have any questions, we want to try to answer them. 
So God, I pray for this time that it would just be a time of lifting up the name of Jesus. Jesus, we love you tonight. There is none so high and holy, and we love you. In Jesus' name.